Friendship isn't the big things, it's a million little things. Hello friends, and welcome to this, A Million Little TV Shows podcast. I'm Mike, and I'll be delving into TV shows that I feel don't seem to get enough love. Over the course of the pod, we'll break down episodes and talk about my thoughts and feelings on the shows. A Million Little Things stars David Gintoli as Eddie Seville, Romney Malco as Rome Howard, Alison Miller as Maggie Bloom, Christina Moses as Regina Howard, Grace Park as Catherine Kim, James Roday Rodriguez as Gary Mendez, Stephanie Sostak as Delilah Dixon, Tristan Bayon as Theo Seville, Lizzie Green as Sophie Dixon, and Chance Hurstfield as Danny Dixon. Would you look at this? Season 2 already. Quite excited about this. I've had a little break from talking to myself in my own room and uh, decided to come back. So here we are. In the break, I've been playing God of War. If you haven't played it, do so. It's really good. It was about Ragnarok, which I find a fascinating subject. I do like a bit of Norse mythology. So yeah. I'm going to start doing some more podcasting now, doing some more recording. We're going to start talking about A Million Little Things Season 2. Got a few other different series to come up as well. Two new series to come on this one. So let's get into the next couple of weeks chatting about TV shows. And hopefully some of you are going to come and say hi. Some of you will interact with me on Twitter and Instagram. You know where to find me, hopefully. And should be a good couple of weeks. Okay, so I think a quick character recap might be in order here. Due to the fact that there's quite a lot of moving parts in this series. So the friend group is Eddie, Catherine, Maggie, Gary, Dee, Rome and Gina. Initially there was John in there as well. But... As we know from the first series, John completed suicide. John was married to Dee, and they had two children, Danny and Sophie. At the end of the last season, Dee was in the process of giving birth to her third child, who everyone else thought was John's, but actually turns out to be Eddie's. Eddie is married to Catherine, who is the one who is a little bit more detached from the group than the others. She's a successful lawyer and has a son with Eddie called Theo. Maggie was a latecomer to the group. She is a recovering breast cancer survivor. Met Gary in their support group. Initially, she wanted to just move to Boston from Chicago and live out the rest of her days, but then she met Gary in the group, and it gave her a bit more life purpose, and she wanted to start treatment just to live the life that she's now got. Gary is also a breast cancer survivor. He, at the beginning of the series, was, at that point, diagnosed as being in remission. Maggie is also in remission now. And then we've got Rome and Gina. Rome is a director and does a lot of directing for commercials, but is also an aspiring writer. He wants to write his own film, 
and towards the end of the series started doing that. Gina is a successful chef and at the end of last season opened her own restaurant which was funded by money from John's account due to the fact that he put some business deals in place to make sure that Dee, who is part owner of the restaurant, would be looked after once he'd gone. A Million Little Things, Season 2, Episode 1, Coming Home. So we pick up from where Series 1 ended. Eddie and Catherine. He sat outside their house, and he promises that there's going to be no more lies. He tells her that Dee's baby is his, and that he can't ask her to take him back without her knowing that. So at this point, they find out that Dee's in the hospital, having the baby, and Catherine tells him to go to the hospital and be with her, because he couldn't be there when she had Theo. Because as we established in season one, Eddie is an alcoholic and was drunk on the day that his son was born and after that went into rehab. Now Catherine had a surprise for Theo in that his dad would be coming home but due to the fact that Eddie is now going to the hospital she has to lie to Theo which she doesn't like doing and every time that something is mentioned about this baby from Theo you can just see on Catherine's face that she's absolutely devastated by the whole news. The affair was bad enough, but now she has this new entity to contend with, and she's just heartbroken. Theo rings Eddie on Catherine's phone and tells him that it's okay to come home, and Eddie thinks it's a signal from Catherine to come home through Theo, but Catherine knows that he is not far away and could be back at the house within the next 10 to 15 minutes. It's at this point that she tells Theo to start playing with his iPad. She sits him at the kitchen table, and then takes her wheelie suitcase and leaves. So we cut to two days later, and Catherine still isn't around. Wherever she's gone, she's gone for a good long while. Eddie obviously got back to the house and found it with just Theo in it and knew exactly what had happened as soon as he entered the house. So for the next couple of days, Eddie's having to lie to Theo and telling him that Catherine's gone away for work and that she's doing some big, big project that demands a lot of time and a lot of man hours away from him. Every time Eddie's on the phone, Theo thinks it's to his mum. But he always just kind of brushes it off as, oh, she had to get back to work, but he's not actually spoken to her at all. So when the guys are at the hospital, Eddie's going crazy. He's trying to think of something to do just to get him away from the hospital for a little bit because he knows he can't be in the delivery room. So they decide that they're going to go and buy a crib for the baby. But just before they leave, Gary tells Eddie that he knows about John and that John had the vasectomy and he knows that as soon as Dee announced she was pregnant that it was Eddie's child and then he demands that he gets in the fucking delivery room. Eddie gets a message from Catherine's mom and it tells him that she is with her mother at that point. So he gets in the car and he goes to see her. 
he tells her that he loves her and that he wants them to work everything out. He's sorry for everything that's happened, but he doesn't want to be anywhere that she's not. And he asks her to come home. But she shows him out and it looks like she isn't going to go home. So back at Gary's apartment, Gary really fucks up just before he finds out that Dee's gone into labour when he throws out all of Maggie's meds without consulting her, even though she is in remission. But we find out later on in the episode that Maggie was so mad because the last time that she threw out her own meds, the very next day she took a shower and felt a lump, which meant that the cancer had come back and she'd got rid of the one thing that was a comfort to her. So she was just in fear that what might happen is she's got rid of her meds again and she might have the cancer again. There's a very sweet scene at the end with Maggie and Carrie in the shower together and he's just comforting her and making sure that she knows that if it is going to happen again, she ain't alone. So as we know, Dee has been rushed into hospital and she's given birth to the baby. But it's at this point that obviously now she's trying to breastfeed the baby and it's not going well and there's a nurse there who is trying to help her out because it's been a couple of days and the baby hasn't latched on yet and this woman fuck me is not helping at all she's essentially shouting at d instead of trying to help anyone who's coming up with a suggestion like danny comes in with a ball She's just telling Dee that if she doesn't give her baby the nutrients that she needs, that she is a bad mother and that she needs to learn how to breastfeed. And It's disgusting behaviour, in all fairness. But eventually, Maggie is in the room and this woman's, again, being an absolute arse to Dee and tells her, like I've just said, that she has to give her the nutrients from her breasts to give this baby the best start in life. And Maggie just turns to this woman and says, don't you dare tell her anything like that. Because one day, when I have a child, I won't be able to breastfeed because I have a double mastectomy. And will that make me a bad mother? No, it won't. And I'll tell you for why. Because I'll have learnt from her and she points at Dee and says she's the best mother I know. So don't you dare say anything like that against her. She's doing her best. And do you know what? Fucking right on Maggie. That's why I love that girl so much. She's an absolute fucking badass. Plus at this point she was really pissed off with Gary so watching her managed to tell someone off was really funny. Dee decides that she's going to call the baby Charlotte and it's going to be Charlie for sure. But it's here that Eddie has to tell her what's been going on with Catherine because it's been noted that Catherine isn't there and neither is Theo. So things are looking a little bit sus and nobody knows why. So while he's at the hospital thinking about babies coming into the world, Rome decides to call PJ. Now, PJ, we realised at the end of last season, was the son of a friend of John's who died at 
and John felt guilty for that ever since. He tried to keep a close relationship with the mother, who he knew from college, but they drifted apart due to John's actions. But when Rome rings PJ, PJ is actually stealing from Dee's house. And later on in the episode, during a flashback, when they were at the hospital, we found out that Rome actually told the guys that he wanted a baby, but that Gino wasn't keen. So it's at this point that Gary steps in with his usual wit and tells him that Gary is happy to step back from all the nappy changing just so that Rome can get a hand in and he can muck in and help out. Because he's a good guy, he's our Gary. But later we see that Rome was really affected by the fact that Gary knew the truth about John and he tells Gary that he often feels in the dark about everything that goes on with the group and that they never really talk even though they say they're going to talk. Now bear in mind, they didn't talk before and that nearly led to not only John's suicide but also at the time John was reported as being dead. Rome had a mouthful of pills. So Rome's feeling it. And he's not happy that he's been left in the dark on things. And so they decide to sit down and have a proper chat about what's going on with him and Gina. And after this chat with Gary, it prompts Rome to go and tell Gina that, yeah, he does want a baby, but he wants her more. So he's willing to sacrifice what he wants to be with the person that he wants, which must be a hard sacrifice. And right at the end of the episode, we find out that PJ stole a photo album from Dee's, and it's of John from when he was at college. And in the college photos, is his mum. So it's at this point that he starts to believe that John's his dad because of the videotape towards the end of last season. And now he knows that he and his mum went to college together. Episode 2, Grand Canyon. So I think it's best that we pick up where we ended at from the last episode. So we see PJ is at home, and Mitch mentions that one of his buddies from the precinct saw him. Now let's not forget that Mitch was a first responder for 9-11, and he's part of the fire service. So PJ gives him some cock and bull story about having a girlfriend where he was spotted, but it was near Dee's house. So Mitch starts to think that he's lying. So Mitch and Barbara go and see Dee, but this has got nothing to do with the PJ incident. This is now to do with the fact that they're being hassled by insurance companies about this money that's been left for them in the region of around half a million dollars. But Barbara says that she doesn't want it. So since we're talking PJ, we'll talk about Rome as well, because Rome is about to take his first call as a Samaritan. Now, at the end of the last season, we saw that he wanted to volunteer. And here it is. He's following through on that promise that he wants to help people. But as I think most of us would, he gets very nervous about the whole situation and he's worried that he'll say the wrong thing. But then he receives a call from PJ. So Rome has PJ come to his apartment and he sits and he talks with him about everything that's going on with his dad. And now PJ thinks that Mitch isn't his dad. And then he notices a picture that Rome has of the four guys at the Boston Bruins game. And he starts questioning Rome about it. So he asks, who's that guy? And the most prominent guy in the picture is Gary. So when Rome says, oh, that's just Gary, 
he doesn't actually point to anyone in the picture. And then PJ asks, no, no, not him, him, and points to the back of the frame where John is sat. And it's at this point that Rome realises that, that PJ might know more than he's letting on. And then PJ tells Rome that he thinks that John is his dad. Dee feels like she's failing everyone at the minute. She's not in a good way with the babe coming home, and she's just a little bit out of sorts with everything. But Gina gets a visit from an old friend, a guy called Elon, who is a psychic, and Dee decides that she wants a reading. She feels like she needs a little bit of guidance, and she thinks that can come from the spirit world. Gary, however, is sceptical, because of course he is. I mean, I am, but if people believe it, good for them. You know, got to get on with what you got to get on with. Now, Elon is one of the people that told that told Gina she would end up owning her own restaurant. So, of course, now that so of course now that that has come to plan, she wants to keep hold of it as best she can. But Andrew keeps seeing problems with the restaurant, and Gina just can't deal with the advice that he's doling out. Bearing in mind, this man has six other restaurants in the area and he's trying to focus on this one to try and get it to a place where it's working well and he tells her that if she doesn't change the way that she's doing things the restaurant will be out of business in three months so the reading doesn't go the way that Dee wants it to go and Andrew goes to see her because of everything that's going on with Gina and he wants to get her another opinion on what's going on and he wishes that he'd been nicer to Gina. Dee breaks down and tells him about everything that's going on and wishes that John had showed himself to her that day just so she could be forgiven by him. But Andrew tells her that it's not John's forgiveness that you need. You need to forgive yourself. Gina later realises that she was wrong to have to have such a bad opinion of Andrew and that he's only trying to help. She knows that she can be stubborn, but she also knows that she needs this. So she leaves him a message to apologise. So Catherine eventually comes home from her mum's and when she gets home she tells Eddie that she's there for Theo and Theo alone. The story that Eddie's told Theo is that Catherine has been away doing a big lawsuit involving filling in the Grand Canyon which is ridiculous. I love it but it's ridiculous. The things you tell kids it's so funny. And of course Catherine won her case so now she's back. The only problem with telling kids that is that they tend to blurt stuff out. So later on, Eddie, Catherine and Theo go to this event at Theo's school and he's telling all the mums that his mum's a superhero because she basically saved the Grand Canyon and all the mums are looking sceptical towards Catherine. Eddie sees how uncomfortable Catherine is and suggests that they leave. Catherine knows that she can never go back to the way that things were with her and Eddie but she also knows that she wants to move forward with him and tells him as much that they need to figure out a way to move forward now because there's still a lot of feeling there. So Maggie's mom Patricia, has come to visit, but when she gets there, she's packed quite a lot of stuff just for a couple of days, which is what she's claiming she's staying. Then she drops the bombshell that she's left Maggie's dad, which obviously Maggie is furious at for. She thinks she's being selfish. So Maggie's trying to avoid her at all costs. So this means that she ends up going to this reading for Dee and takes Gary along with her. So while Dee's having her reading, 
there's a moment where where Elon tells D that he's speaking to someone's brother, and D says that she doesn't have a brother, and he says, but it's someone who died in a car crash, and Maggie says my brother died in a car crash, and it's here that he gets a message to her from Chad saying basically that it wasn't her fault, even if she'd been there, she couldn't have saved him, and that she needs to stop beating herself about all of this. And Maggie thinks it's a sign, and maybe that she should talk to Patricia. Patricia tells Gary that she's now in Boston to look out for Maggie with everything that's gone on with the cancer diagnosis, and them only finding out towards the end because she also feels responsible for what happened with Chad. So now she wants to look after Maggie. But Maggie refuses to believe that Patricia is there for her. But after Gary convinces her, he tells Maggie to go meet Patricia at the restaurant that she's at, and they can have a proper chat about everything. When Maggie turns up, Patricia's not there yet, and Maggie meets a man at the bar, and they're chatting away, and seem to be getting on really well. Maggie heads off to the bathroom, but when she comes back, Patricia has appeared at the restaurant and the man that Maggie was chatting with is embracing her and she's touching his face as if they're lovers or as if they're partners. And Maggie walks straight out, thinking that her mother has been cheating on her father with this younger man who is roughly around Maggie's age. Episode 3, Mixed Signals. So Broome is happy to hear PJ's theory about why John is his father. And this includes Rome even helping him with the DNA test. Just because something else that he stole from Dee's house was a hockey jersey. And he believes that he's found some hairs on it that are John's. Rome also tells PJ that when John died, he left them money. And that includes PJ and his mum. Rome gets a call from an old friend of his who wants to discuss his script, which obviously Rome is very excited about. But when he goes to see his friend, his friend tells him that suicide won't sell and that he has to be more realistic. So if he maybe writes the lead character with a sports injury or something like that that he can overcome, that maybe this will be an incredible film. Rome doesn't say anything to him, but because this is so personal to Rome, because it is essentially his story, he doesn't want to do it. PJ goes to speak to his mom, and when he tells Barbara that he's thinking about going to college, he asks about payment, because he knows he can't get into a scholarship, and he inquires about if there's any money that her and Mitch could possibly help him out with. But she tells him no. Even though the meeting with Andrew goes really well and she understands his point of view, Gina realises that Andrew is still trying to take control of the restaurant. Andrew has also asked Dee out to dinner. It's here that Gina thinks that they are going on a date together. But at the restaurant, Dee and Andrew talk about this and Dee realises that she isn't ready to date yet. Gina gets invited to a benefit for the women that she helped with the money from what happened to her with her uncle. But now she's starting to feel a little bit like a victim again, because Andrew's taking over so much. 
and she doesn't want another man to have that type of power over her. She wants to do this on her own, or at least with Dee by her side, and only with people that she trusts. So she tells Rome that she needs to look into ways of being able to pay Andrew off and get him away from the restaurant so that she can do things her way. So it turns out that Danny is up for a part in a play. He's going to be in Grease the Musical, but he has to do rehearsals before he knows what part he gets. But also, no one else in school is in the situation that Danny's in, or at least that's what he thinks, because no one else is openly gay towards their family in the way that Danny is, but no one at school knows that he is gay, and he doesn't want to be known as the only gay kid in the school. Gary finds out that Elliot's also up for the part, and he convinces Danny to just keep plugging away at it. He knows that he's good enough to get a good part within the play, so boosts his confidence. But while he keeps practising, Danny tells Gary that he's terrified of everyone seeing the real him, and he also feels sad that he's going to have to see Elliot, who's going up for the same part as him. He tells Gary that he really cared for Elliot, Gary tells him just not to worry, that he knows Danny's got this, and that he's got to go in there and just nail this rehearsal, which he does. And at the end of the episode, we find out that Danny didn't get the part that he went up for, but he actually ended up as Danny Zuko, and he got the lead. Theo can tell that his parents are really trying to get back on track, and so he wants to help them out as much as possible, and he ends up agreeing to go over to a friend's house to sleep over which means that Catherine and Eddie get some time together. While they're at the house, they keep looking at the dining room table, which has featured before. It's it's potentially where they conceive Theo, and there's a scratch mark in it, which they always remember from when they first moved in. So because they want to avoid any situations that could make things messy, they decide to go and play pool. So they go down to the local bar, and they're just playing pool, but they're flirting the whole time. Catherine kisses Eddie, and then as she pulls away, she realises that she's made a mistake. But Eddie reassures her that he's here for her, and that he'll take it at whatever pace she wants to go at. We don't have to rush anything. And finally we get to Maggie. Maggie's still pissed about the fact that Gary got her hopes up when it came to her mum. But when he comes to visit her at her work, she tells him that she's not the only one who has certain issues with her mother. And that maybe he should start pointing the finger at himself before he tries to fix her relationship with her mother. But Maggie takes on board what Gary said and she goes to visit Patricia. And when she does, she finds her in tears and thinks that maybe she's on the phone to her father and hoping that they can get back together. But then she realises that she's actually talking to Eric and even though she claims they're not dating, Maggie doesn't believe her and storms out. But because of the dig that Maggie had at him, Gary tells the story of when his mother walked out and how he wishes that he'd have come out of his room just to see her because he thinks that he could have changed her mind and how much he regrets that, that she was able to walk out of his life without him seeing her that last time. So Maggie agrees to speak to Patricia properly and they're going to do it at Gary and Maggie's apartment. But when Patricia turns up, she brings Eric with her. Episode 4, A Perfect Storm. Because of her issues with Andrew, Gina is at to take out a second line of credit. So now her and Rome are in further debt than they were. 
which means that Rome has had to go back to filming commercials. And as for the restaurant, it's not looking great, as Gina has already started to rely on walk-ins, because all reservations are down. It's at this point that they're wondering what else can go wrong, when all of a sudden, a storm takes the power down, because of a downed line. So, it means that the power is going to be out for a good long while. At this point, the restaurant has just taken a massive delivery of meat, and now they're in jeopardy of losing that as well. So it ends up being all hands on deck trying to get this meat into the walk-in freezer because they know that that is going to be the one place where it'll at least stay for a few days because it'll be so cold. A guy comes in who's just a worker and Gina decides to cook something for him and she tells him to go out there and get all his buddies, get them to come in as well. She's going to make the most of it while she can. It's at this point that she tells Dee a story about where she first worked. She never knew that she wanted to work in a restaurant. She just knew that she needed to get away from home because of what her uncle was doing. So she started going into a local restaurant, which was very family-oriented. And it was here that she actually felt that family unit for the first time. And at the end of every shift, everyone would just cook something and they'd just all sit around and chat, get to know each other and be a proper family. And that's what she wanted. That's what she wanted for her restaurant. That was how she wanted it to be. And she felt that it had never been like that. She felt that it was under Andrew, just a corporate entity, just sort of a rinse and repeat of what he'd done before. And she wanted to have her stamp on it. But due to the storm, people are coming in off the street because they see that Gina's restaurant's open and they just walk in to get shelter from the rain. And it ends up that the restaurant is packed, so much so that they don't have any real seating options. So Gina just sits random people next to other people. Like if a group of two comes in and there's a group of four already on a table, they'll stick them with that group of four. And they just get to know each other and they sit and they become a community. And it ends up being the atmosphere that Gina wanted all along. Finally, family's coming together. While they're at Gary's, Patricia tells Maggie that Eric isn't her boyfriend, and in fact that Eric has Chad's heart. Maggie doesn't understand. She thought that Chad had died on impact when he had the car accident, but in fact he was actually rushed into the hospital, and Patricia was the first one there, and had to make a snap decision. Because Chad had got to the hospital, but he died not long after her arrival, and Patricia was the only one who was there to say goodbye, and she was asked whether she would be able to donate any of Chad's organs, and it was that decision that she had to make. So she decided to sign over the organs that were required, and that's where Eric comes into this. So Maggie's even more heartbroken now, because all her thoughts on how Chad had died, and her beliefs on that, were just a lie. So she leaves the apartment, and when Gary goes after her, she refuses his help. She just needs to be alone. Gary goes back and finds out that Patricia and Eugene, Maggie's dad, split because of this whole situation as well. Eric leaves after apologising to Gary, and eventually, while out in the storm, Eric drives past Maggie and picks her up, and they go to a bar. Gary goes looking for Maggie, and thinks she might be at the restaurant. 
And when he gets there, he tells D what happened. And D tells him that although what Patricia had done was a bad thing, she was doing it for a good reason. She was doing it to try and protect her child. Just like D is trying to do with Danny and Sophie right now, with the whole Eddie's baby thing. So Gary goes to see Patricia to try and talk her around. And he gets her to call Eugene to start the healing process. At the bar, Eric tells Maggie that Patricia was terrified about losing Maggie when she got sick. And it's then that she contacted him when she actually found out about Maggie's illness. Maggie has left her phone at home so no one can get in contact with her. And it's because of a text to Eric from Patricia that Maggie finds out that her mum's going home. So Maggie realises that she's only got a small window of time to go and make things right with her mother. She feels that she's overreacted and now understands where Patricia is coming from. So she goes to the airport to see her mum being dropped off by Gary. And just when you think that it's all going to turn out okay, Patricia puts her foot in it again. Because yeah, although she turned up for Maggie when she was going in for surgery, she was actually coming to Boston to meet Eric. So again, Maggie feels let down by her mother. So Maggie turns around and goes back to Eric's car, just as Gary sees that things have gone wrong for her. So he goes out to try and support her, but he sees her embracing Eric instead. And at the end of the episode, Gary, who has been holding Maggie's phone this whole time, gives it to her, but not before reading a message. And it's from Eric. So Theo mentions that he's got a gift for Charlie to Eddie and Catherine. And he wants to go to see them, but he wants to go as a family, which Catherine is obviously hesitant about, but will do anything for her son. So they go over to Dee's, and Dee is getting ready to go to the restaurant. We find out that Rome is going to be looking after Charlie for the day, and every time he opens his mouth to try and make the situation better, he keeps just putting his foot in it, especially with Catherine. Catherine eventually says it's okay for Eddie to stay and look after the baby with Rome, but you can see that she's absolutely heartbroken by the situation, especially seeing Theo interact with the child. So Catherine goes into work after dropping Theo off at school, and she starts speaking to her colleague, Carter, who I think we all need a Carter in our lives. He is incredible, funny. He really just boosts Catherine's confidence. He's amazing, basically saying things like, if he wasn't gay, he'd be all over her and things like that. He's such a sweet guy, but he's always direct with it as well. And he tells Catherine that she needs to be either all in with Eddie or not. She needs to get out. So she has to start deciding and stop half assing it as she has been doing lately. And she seems to take those words on board. Eddie, however, is just frustrated. He hasn't spent enough time with his own child since her being born to know what to do with her and he gets frustrated at the fact that his child is crying and he doesn't know how to comfort her. Rome obviously not having kids is no real help either but they end up having a real three men and a baby situation or in this case two men and a baby situation where after a while Eddie realises that the baby's congested and that's why she's crying so much. So he Rome and Charlie go and get in a shower so that the steam can decongest her. But Sophie catches them while they're all in this standing shower. 
and ends up taking a picture and says that's going straight on Twitter. Eventually, the gang all get together at the end of the episode at the restaurant, and this includes Catherine, and she speaks up for herself. She asks everyone to stop walking on eggshells around her. She knows that everyone knows about the situation with the baby, and she just wants to be able to move forward with it. And of course, everyone falls silent, apart from Gary, because of course it's fucking Gary. And he breaks the tension by telling them that he's sick of all the jokes about him not having two nipples. It's it's typical fucking Gary, but I love it. It is the kind of thing that I would do. Self-deprecate to make everyone laugh. It's kind of my thing. Catherine has a quiet word with Dee and tells her that they have to learn to live together, but she knows how hard it's going to be. But it's the only thing that now makes sense. And that's it. The end of the first episode of season two. Gone through four episodes there of a million little things. And the show just makes me think so much. I think the best place to start is with Maggie. Maggie and Gary are the two characters that I sympathise with the most in the whole show and relate to the most in the whole show. Not that I've ever had cancer, but the rest of their storyline, it just makes me think. And, you know, there's times that I have felt let down by family. People who were meant to be there for you through everything, and they're not. They try and be there for other people. And it sucks. It really does suck. But like I say, I self-deprecate and try and make a joke out of it all. Not sure if it's the healthiest thing for me, but I do it anyway. Makes me fucking laugh, so. And then we've got Catherine, who is the person I probably feel most sorry for in this. I think that must suck. To be with someone that you love so much who's cheated on you with one of your good friends. And then now this child is there in front of you at all times. It must be so heartbreaking. I mean, just being friends with someone that I love, you know, it's it's hard enough. But to then have that situation where you've got a baby involved, I'm just, I'm thankful that I don't have children because it overcomplicates the situation. And then, you know, Rome and Gina's situation. Like, there was a time that I wanted children, but I don't want them anymore. I'm too old for that shit now. But to be in a situation where you're with someone that you know you want to spend the rest of your life with that person, but they have different ideals to what you do, can't be easy at all. In fact, I know it's not. I've been in a situation where I... I just wanted to travel. I wanted to be away from here. I didn't want to be in England anymore. And I left. I went to Australia. And I asked the person that I was in love with to come with me. And they told me no. They stayed here to be with family. And I ran away. Ran to the other side of the world. Be away from it all. And now, you know, we're 12, 13 years on. And I see that person occasionally. And I wonder what life could have been like for us. And I know people say not to live in the past, but I do. My head is constantly thinking about situations and things that could have happened and things that I wanted to happen. And My head's always ticking over. But yeah, having someone with massively different ideals to yourself can be hard. But 
you've just got to either put your all into it or end it. But I do love this show so much. It just grips my heart every time I watch it. It is very much another comfort show of mine. I do just like to sit and watch it and just have my heart ripped out and handed to me. Because life could be worse for me. I know that. But I do relate to these characters quite a lot. So yeah, I hope you're enjoying it and I hope you're watching along with me. Because if you haven't discovered this show, you really need to. It's really clever. But I think that's going to be it for me today. So I hope you're all well. I hope you're looking after yourselves. I'd love to hear from you guys. Definitely need numbers right now. So hope to hear from you soon. And thank you for listening. Well, that's all for now, amigos. If you managed to make it to the end of my ramblings, thank you. And if you want to rate, share, subscribe, comment, it's all appreciated. Until next time. <laughs>